Hey friend, motherhood gets hard, entrepreneurship gets hard, but together we can do hard things. This is the Mom CEO Suite. In the suite, there's no shade and no shaming, just sharing and support so we can all thrive at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. Join me as I share my journey, challenges, and aha moments, along with the experiences and expertise of other modern-day moms in business. Welcome to the suite. All right, hey friends, welcome to another episode. Welcome to the suite. We are here today with Ms. Nishaya Richardson. She is a financial coach, speaker, and a thought leader. She works with high-achieving professionals who want to enjoy the increase in their wealth and master their money like a boss. Yes. Hi, Nishaya. How are you? I'm good, Felicia. Thanks for having me. Like, I'm super excited about this. I was looking forward to this all week. <laughs> oh, yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm glad you could be a part of our financial literacy series. So to start off, so our listeners can just get to know you a little bit, just for fun, we're going to start with our rapid fire reel. I'm going to give you two options and you just pick this or that. So would you rather do laundry or do dishes? Laundry. <laughs> yes. Same. I hate doing dishes. All right. Are you team SUV or sedan? Oh, I would say sedan because I drive a sedan now. Yeah. Even though the SUV gives a little more security in the snow, but I'm a oh, sedan true. girl. Yeah, I learned how to drive in an SUV, so I think that's just my preference, Neil. Okay, so for your business, funding or bootstrapping? Both. I started out bootstrapping, and then I recently got business credit, and it definitely takes a lot of the stress to find what you're doing, so I would say both. Awesome, awesome. So I think that's a good segue. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Let us know a little bit more about who you are and what you do through your business. Yeah. So I'm, again, Nishaya Richardson, and I am a financial coach, but I also like to add that I do work a full-time job as a human resource specialist for the government. I always like to add that because I feel like we're in this space where everyone just thinks full-time entrepreneur is a thing, but we can definitely do both. I am a mom as well, and I love that part of it also because it gives me a nice balance so that on the days where I'm like, I don't really feel like doing business stuff. I want to focus on family. I can do that. But yeah, so I've been financial coaching for the last two years. And a lot of it started out with like just my experiences. And then I realized like, okay, I really want to take this to the next level. And I got the additional um, coaching and mentorship from other financial coaches who are already established and went through their coaching programs to gain those skills. Second educate and support other women through their journey and finances. So yeah, that's who I am. I'm a full-time human resource specialist, part-time financial coach, and full-time mom as well. I love that, especially you saying that you do also work full-time because like you said, everybody's just pushing, pushing for full-time entrepreneurship. And that is not necessarily everybody's journey. So I love that you said that. But for you, when you started your business, why finances? Why was that the area that you ended up going into? Yes. So I actually did not start my entrepreneur journey in finances. I actually started in health and wellness, went to travel, and then the pandemic happened and I ended up in finances. It was actually in a multi-level marketing company where they offered like credit repair and different 
wealth building strategies. And when I was doing that, we weren't necessarily doing the, the credit repair and things like that. We had specialists that worked in that field. And I was like, wait a minute, there's a gap here. Like there was so many people that I saw that just didn't have the basic financial knowledge, like budgeting, saving, paying off debt, money mindset, those types of things. So it was like even talking to them about joining the multi-level marketing company or even repairing their credit was like a hurdle because they didn't see the value in it. And then I also saw that people needed additional support beyond those services. And that's when how I became a financial coach because I'm like, wait a minute, there's so many experiences, so many things that I have gone through, like so many mess ups in my finances. And I'm like, there's, there is an area here where I need to support women in a different way other than just offering these services. So I actually stopped doing the multi-level marketing and opened up my own financial coaching business so I can work with women on that intimate level and help with the money management, money mindset, and their money behaviors. And that's what entrepreneurship really is. Like you see a gap, you have experiences, and then using your experiences and your expertise to fill that gap. I think that's like the perfect entrepreneurial example. And you just talking about the challenges as it relates to financial issues. I know for me, when I was growing up, we didn't talk about, well, we didn't talk about finances in my household, but then also in school, like that wasn't even something that they talked about. I think now it's getting a little bit better. And so now we have all of these adults who just aren't really financially savvy or literate. And so this is definitely an area that's much needed. So. In your work and dealing with women specifically, what are some of the common money management mistakes that you have seen? So I've seen one, putting others' needs before theirs. So it could be, you know, they're care we're caretakers, we're nurturers, right? And family comes to us and they need our support. And sometimes that jeopardizes our financial goals because we feel like, okay, well, I have to help this family member or I'm the person that has to do all the things. And the women that I work with, they have the money, but sometimes, a lot of times, they're not seeing it because of those things. They're putting other people's needs in front of theirs. And then the other part of that is really not having any type of money plan. So there's no budget, no, I say budget, no spending plan, well, however people manage their money, because we all call it something different. But basically, there's no system in place to see what's coming in, what's going out so that they really know like, OK, what can I give this month? Like or setting those boundaries to say, like, I'm only having a given or a charity of a $200 a month. And once that's over, it's done, right? So I think really not having boundaries and then also not having a clear plan of where they want their money to go every month uh, really slows down what they're doing or the goals that they want to reach in their finances. And a lot of times they're not really enjoying the money that they are making the way they want to because they really don't know where, where it's going or have a plan for it. Yeah, so you mentioned boundaries and that made me think or wonder, in your experience, have you seen that kind of like issues in someone's personal life or their lack of boundaries in their personal life, does that kind of spill over in how they operate with their finances? Do you see that there's a correlation? Oh, yeah. And yes, for sure. Because I feel like they don't actually give it the attention that it needs to be given. So a lot of people, they avoid their finances because it's a scary thing. Or there's like incidents from when they were children, like that money story that a lot of us have where we correlate money with a bad situation that happened. 
And then as we get older, we kind of avoid looking at it or avoid having more of it because we don't want to revisit that old incident that we're still traumatized by. So yeah, when there's no boundaries, it could also correlate to not managing their finances well, because it's just like, whatever, like it's almost not that you don't care, but it's difficult to actually create structure in your finances if you don't also have like those strong boundaries in other places. Wow. I I don't think people really think about it in that way. I know not necessarily related to like personal life and finances, but just with entrepreneurship, I didn't realize until I got into it how much of my personal self, like just my personal development would spill into entrepreneurship. Like everything is so intertwined. So I think that's a good thing for the viewers or the listeners to just take in and be mindful of so that we can be intentional in those moments where it's like, oh, I know that my boundaries aren't that strong or I know something happened in the past. I need to address this issue so I can get better with my finances. And so I'm not repeating past traumas and just reliving the same thing and not getting better. So that's definitely helpful. And so we've talked about a little bit the the common mistakes you've seen. So what are some tips for moms or female entrepreneurs? What tips do you have for them to be able to begin to manage their money better? Yeah, I would say get very clear on your goals that you want to achieve in your personal and your business. So some of your full-time entrepreneur, you have to pay yourself, right? Like it's, it's not just, okay, let's focus on the business. Like you still have mortgage, rent, car payment, all of those things. So the money that you're making needs to cover your personal and your business finances. And when you're looking at that, again, it's important to have a money plan for every month so that you know how much your business expenses are, how much your personal expenses are, and you're not living beyond your means. But also let you see if you have any areas or any gaps that, that you need to fill. So maybe you're not making enough income in your business to cover your personal finances. Now it's time to have a reality check with yourself and like, wait a minute, I need to make more money because these are the expenses I have every single month. So I would say first start um, out and write down all of your expenses and get very clear on what's happening every single month so that so that we know what the target amount is that we have to reach every month. That's the bare minimum. And then once we get past that, also get clear on the goals, the big goals that we want to reach. Do we want to travel more? Do we want to maybe take more time off? So that's going to require us to make a certain amount of money so that we're also building in days off. So we're not working every single day or maybe we want to take a month off or whatever we want to do. And then that's just not for women in business, even though I know this is catered toward women in business. But if you are working a nine to five and you're thinking about starting a business, get very clear on what that is going to take, the extra income that maybe you need to put aside so that you can really start funding your business if you don't have business funding in the beginning. Also, it's also that whole, if you want to go into entrepreneurship and let's say you're bootstrapping it, you need to make some additional income so that you are able to fund your business. So picking up a second job or doing a side hustle or whatever until you feel like you're ready to go full in. So yeah, just some tips, like just get very clear on the expenses that you have every month. Make sure your income is covering those things and then just Create a simple budget, like very simple. It doesn't have to be extravagant. And in the beginning, if, you know, you don't want to hire a team, which I 
maybe recommend at least having a bookkeeper get that set up for you and then do it quarterly or however often to manage it for you. But just start simple and get very clear on what's coming in, what's going out. And then if you find that you aren't spending more than your expenses, then maybe it's time to cut back on some things or make some more money. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. And just knowing your numbers, it tells what they say, your numbers tell a story. Mm -hmm. Because when you avoid it, you just don't know what's going on. But when you know your numbers, kind of what you have to do, like you said, if you can take a break in your business. So those were definitely some great tips. I know I've seen in the financial space, there's a lot of debate about how they recommend people manage their money. And one of the debates I've seen is when somebody is managing their money, should they invest first or should they pay down debt first? What's your perspective on this? I say both because our money needs time to compound, right? So that we're getting that interest if we're investing in the stock market or wherever we're building our money, it needs time to grow and get that interest building on it. So to say, don't invest anything because you're on your journey to pay off debt. No, start small. So even if you only start with $25 a month or $50 a month or a thousand dollars a month, right? Depending on where you are in your your finances, start small, and then as you free up more debt, now you have more money every month that then you can start allocating towards investing. I know that was one mistake that I made, and I won't even say it was a mistake. I just didn't know, wasn't educated on the importance of investing. And my very first real job, I was like, uh, uh-uh, you ain't take no money out my paycheck, <laughs> like. 403B, what? No, I need all my money to pay my bills. So I just didn't do it because I wasn't educated on the importance of the time that our money needs to grow. And then also when I left that job after over a decade, I had like $13,000 that was in a retirement account. And I didn't roll that over so that it could keep growing. I actually, I mean, this is not recommended. So God, don't do this. But at the time, it really helped me like accelerate the direction I was going into my finances. But I actually like cashed that out and like completely wiped out all the debt and everything that I had. And I was able to build a little bit of savings to start off fresh. So in that moment, it worked out in my favor, but maybe it wasn't the best decision. Maybe I should have, you know, kept it growing. It was the right decision at that moment. But yeah, so I would say that do both because we really need our money to grow over time. So again, start small and then you can increase it as you then have more cash flow to allocate towards investing. You talked about your experience and how maybe your decision wasn't the best decision, but I think that kind of speaks to the point about the benefit of having a financial coach, somebody that you can give your situation and your scenario to and get their professional opinion about options. I think it's more so just about the education, like you said, because a lot of times we're trying to figure these things out on our own and we don't have the education. And so just having that other person who is knowledgeable or who can give you those other options, I think is so beneficial. But for somebody who's still kind of like on the fence about getting a financial coach or maybe they're even just fearful about the experience. Can you explain what it's like working with a financial coach? What is that experience like? Yeah, I think sometimes there's a misconception of financial coaching just because of 
some financial gurus that are out there, right? But financial coaching, as you stated, is like really guiding the person to make the best financial decision for them. So I have the things that I think are important for me, but that's not my role as someone's coach is to push my beliefs onto you so I can say, okay, yeah, you should be debt-free. You should do this. You should do that. No, it's helping you make the right decision. So let's just say, for example, you're someone who wants to pay off debt, right? And you have a savings account that has maybe $10,000 in there and you have about $10,000 worth of debt. That conversation could go something like, this is what I want to do and what do you recommend or what would you do? Well, that's not my place to say. I can educate you on all of the outcomes, right? So if you do this, this will happen. If you do this, that will happen. And then what feels good to you and why? So I'm educating you one on all of the outcomes that could potentially happen in that scenario, listening to what feels right to you and why it feels right to you, and then helping you make the best decision for you so that when you make the decision, it was an educated decision, all of the the pros and cons of that decision, and you are confident in the decision that you made. So when things happen, now you can use that as an opportunity to reflect back and say, okay, I made this decision and I stood in my power, right? And because I made this decision, this is what happened. And sometimes it doesn't always go the way that we want it to go. But that's the beauty of having that coach on the other side, because after you see what the results of that, it may not feel good, right? And now you're like, man, good. Maybe something's coming up or maybe I didn't implement that thing that I was supposed to implement. And then we can discuss why, like what's coming up for you? Is there a mindset thing that's happening? Are you afraid or do you feel like if you make this action, it's going to result in this and then you're not going to feel good? So it's really just having that support system through the whole process. Also having someone there to educate you on things that you may not be educated on. And then I also like to let my clients know if there's something that they ask me about and I don't know about it, we're going to learn together. So I'm going to do the research and then we're going to go through the process together. And the beauty of it is I also have access to other financial experts for the things that I maybe am not as educated in or expertise in, I can also reach out to them for that additional support so then I can guide my client through that process and we do it together. Um, So yeah, like you said, just educating on options, being near the support system after they make those decisions, celebrating them, and just just really having that full support around your finances. It's almost like therapy, but I'm not a (laughs) therapist. Almost like therapy, but not. Don't tell her all your problems. <laughs> no, that's really, really good. And I think it does kind of break down some of the stigma that's attached to financial coaching. So you mentioned we talked a lot about your business, but you mentioned you work full time. You're also a mom. You have your business. And so how is it that you are able to manage it, manage it all? What have been some challenges that you have experienced on this journey of being an entrepreneur and being a mom and, and an employee? Yeah. So I think for me, in the beginning, the challenges were because I was working in the office and the commute back and forth and just being tired from the day and being in the office and being in people's faces all day. Like it can be exhausting. And then now you got to come home and do your mom duties. I will say one of the things, one of the things that has helped that challenge is now being able to work 
home full time. So it has really taken a little bit of that stress off because look, I can cook dinner on my lunch break if I want to. And now I don't have to worry about that later on. The other challenge is when I want to travel for business, it's not so much making sure I have childcare. My son is 14 and my mom is family is very supportive. So if I have to go on business travel, I do. But then I have that guilt of man, like now I, I need to schedule some type of getaway or vacation for my son and I because I'm traveling for business. So sometimes I have that mom guilt of I would like to do more personal travel with him versus doing a lot of business travel. But I usually balance that out with like one vacation a year. And most of the time, my son doesn't want to do anything with me anyway. He wants to play the video game. And I'm like, come on, let's do like bowling night, like family bowling night. He's like, nope, have a good time. Bye. Yeah, so it's just really that mom guilt that can come up and then the work-life balance. And then I will say that I've also, with the challenges of balancing work and business, I've limited myself when I do like meetings and coaching calls to Wednesday through Thursday. And usually Monday, Monday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't really do much. I do sometimes do a Saturday morning call, but for the most part, my Mondays and Fridays and Sundays are all for me. Yeah, that's good. You have boundaries in your business. (laughs) I had to learn that from actually one of my coaches a while ago. And she's like, listen, girl, you don't have to work every day. This is your business. Setting up how you want to set it up. So I was like, oh, okay. And sometimes you get people, like I've had people say, oh, I saw that all your appointments are in the evening. And that's when I have the kids. I'm available during the day. And I will say every time I have bended that rule, and scheduled a call during the day, they don't show up or they have to cancel. And I was like, never again. And I stopped doing it because it just happens that way every time. People remind you of why you you started the boundary in the first place, right? Yep. Yep. But that's the beauty of entrepreneurship, being able to have the flexibility to create a business around your life and not live your life for business or for work, right? So I absolutely love that. This has been a really good conversation and I am excited that it's Financial Literacy Month and people are getting the financial knowledge and exposure that they need. So let us know how we can connect with you. And if you have anything coming up, share that with us as well. Yes. So you can reach out to me or connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. Facebook is preferable. Nashea Richardson, you can find me there on my personal profile, DM me, follow me, whatever, friend me. And on Instagram, I'm she's the budget guru. That may be changing, but maybe not. (laughs) Either way, that's when you can find me and follow me. I always am posting like something financial, something empowering. But I do have my Money Haven Academy that is launching. It's actually launched and it is a financial wellness community where there'll be a training portal that already has courses that I've that I have that are in that training portal on money management, money mindset. And then we'll have live monthly masterclasses hosted by me and other financial experts. So tax strategies, credit repair, investing, all the things that we need, it'll be all in that community. We'll have a bi-weekly Q&A from the masterclass and then weekly money dates. So I talked about having that check-in with your money. Well, this will give people in the community an opportunity to come to a virtual co-working space where you are setting time aside to have that money date 
and check how you're doing and your finances every week. And you'll just be there and you don't have to talk. You can just be in the space and looking at your finances while the rest of the group is doing it. So I'm super excited about that because I've been wanting to do this for a while now. So now I'm like fully going full force ahead and making it happen. So yes, Money Haven Academy. And you can go to my website. She's the budgetguru.com. And if you would like to join, you can join there. It's a $1,500 investment and that covers the full year. So if you break it down, it's $125 a month. If you want to like mentally budget it. (laughs) Oh, that sounds amazing. The financial bonus community. So guys, all of this information will be linked in the show description. So you'll be able to get in touch with Nishaya. Make sure you just get the information that you need. We're bringing these experts on to be support to you and they are willing to have conversations and just give you the guidance and support that you need. So make sure you do your part and raise your hand if you need that help and support. So Nishaya, thank you so much for coming into the suite and chatting with us and we'll see you in the next episode. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship.